0: For those who simply
2: can't get enough talk about the Vikings, we present Bonus Chatter. Bonus Chatter about your favorite team that's unscripted, unfiltered, and uninterrupted. This is another edition of 1500 ESPN's Purple Podcast.
0: Hello welcome to another episode of the Purple Podcast. Matthew Collar here with you along with ESPN's Courtney Cronin. Courtney, how are you? Cold yes it's cold it's very cold. Uh, I would say topping out around twenty five today with wind
1: yeah, I looked at the weather report it's not supposed to it's supposed to get a little warmer over the next seven days into the low forties which it's going to feel tropical compared to this.
0: Well, they're practicing inside, the Vikings are, because they're soft. No, I'm just kidding.
1: Because Washington luckily will not be 20 degrees on Sunday. Now, I, I would imagine
0: that in uh, Packer week, they will be back outside. I noticed that they have the field heating thing uh, that's over the, the practice field. The bubble. So they will, again, practice outside uh, when it gets cold to go play in Lambeau. Uh, but the opinions of Vikings fans are heating up Courtney. Oh they are, um, they are
1: they are hot on a on a cold day.
0: Well we had our first chance to talk to Teddy Bridgewater since he's been mm-hmm. activated and only the third time that Teddy has talked to the media at all since his serious injury last August. And, uh, well, let me just start with that. What was your biggest takeaway from Teddy Bridgewater's 10 or so minutes with the media?
1: Well, I mean, I think the fact that they, that he says he has no mental hurdle uh, going back. I mean, for anybody um, – I talked to Joe Theismann about this yesterday, actually for a story I'm doing, about just what it's like to suffer such a devastating, and obviously his injury on Monday Night Football was career-ending. But he's counseled a lot of guys, Robert Griffin being one of them, about what it's like to go back on the field for the first time when you're at game speed and when guys are coming for whatever injury, what injured body part you had. Um, Teddy says that he's passed that hurdle of, you know, mentally of getting back out there. And I think for him – There's really nothing else you can say but that because you can't have any trepidation about going back in. I mean, I'm sure, of course, personally, stuff he's not going to reveal to anybody else, there have got to be some butterflies, Uh, whether he gets in the game this weekend against Washington or not. um, It's always going to be interesting because he hasn't done this since his rookie year of having to go into a game not preparing to be the starter. So this is, you know, it's a new set of firsts for him. Um, I think it's, you know... Seeing how much this meant to him, I mean, I want to vote for him for president after hearing him talk about, you know, keeping the dream alive and you know the dream was dead, might have been dead for a little bit. But, you know, I'm keeping the dream alive and just, you know, people helping him on the way here. You know, this moment is as much about them as it is him. He had some really nice takeaways and just some positive ways to reflect upon what's happened to him over the last 14 and a half months and, you know, that he's not looking back. He's not looking at that spot on the field where he went down on that routine play-action pass, and, you know, he's continuing to move forward. I don't think you could ask for any more than that.
0: It's hard to believe that he wouldn't have any mental hurdles. I know that he's going to say that. Of course. um, But I, I think it is a good situation for him to be able to come back as a backup for a week or two weeks or how many ever to get back into the routine of practicing and preparing for an actual opponent. Mm -hmm. Uh, I I know that I see people, and this just goes to the opinions that people have on Bridgewater, um, wanting him to start this week, wanting him to get back there as soon as possible, and well I think he is the better quarterback decidedly over Case Keenum and he does give you a better chance to win no matter who you're playing against. I think it's very different practicing you mentioned the virtual reality mask that he was using to go through practice mm-hmm. or running through the game script or practice script after everyone had left the practice field or even just getting back into it with the scout team or a few reps here or there. I think that's very different from now what he's doing in practice and actually going to those meetings, thinking about himself, putting himself in those situations and game planning for a team. Uh, that, that's different than what he's done just rehabbing and getting back. I like the idea of having him over a number of weeks – do that and Mm -hmm. be there on the sideline and be engaged in a game as opposed to just walking around with the hoodie or just or watching the film or making suggestions this is a very different situation and I think that's a great way to prepare him to actually come back
1: and I think it's a great way to prepare him potentially to be your long-term option at quarterback I wrote this in an article the other day and I you know I'm not comparing the situations whatsoever but there is a similarity between the way the 49ers are handing Jimmy Garoppolo and not throwing him right in there last week and Week and. In Arizona, and the way the Vikings are handling Teddy Bridgewater. I'll put this out there again. The situations are completely different. Bridgewater has been here the entire time, knows the offense, obviously with the virtual reality, the head mass that he's used. He's um, gone through the script a lot. Jimmy Garoppolo, brand new in Kyle Shanahan systems. Why are they similar? Because those are potentially, they don't know what they have in Bridgewater right now. I think only, we've only seen what, four games total that Garoppolo have started, you know, as a starter in the NFL. So both teams don't really know yet what they have. But for the long term future, you don't rush your option, you don't rush what you want to be your long term plan for short term fix. So that's why I think it's a smart decision of you know getting him back out there. Don't throw him back into the fire just yet. I mean, he's been through enough. Obviously, he wants to play. He feels physically ready, but you have to ease him into this. You don't just all of a sudden go from, you know, we're going to ease him back in as they've done throughout the last 14 and a half months to just throwing him back in, hey, you're the starter. I think you have to have some sort of stepping stone and training wheels on until he's ready to do that. And I think that that consists of going in for Case Keenum at some point, not necessarily being where, you know, um, you know, they just switch from one game to the next. I think that he does at some point have to go in as a backup.
0: Well, that that's what I was going to bring up is what if this week Case Keenum struggles and they're down 14 nothing after the second quarter?
1: There's your option right there. Teddy goes in. You think they do it? I do, because I don't I don't think that there's never going to be a perfect situation. There's never going to be a perfect time. What are you going to wait till December? Um, You know, we, uh, whatever that is against Atlanta, the first week of December, like that's too long because if you are, if you're a team that's trying to make a playoff push six and two right now, trying to get to, you know, roughly nine, 10 wins to secure something. You want to make sure that, you know, your quarterback for the playoffs is going to be Teddy Bridgewater in, in my opinion. And I think that the opportunity is here. It's, it's just kind of like, well, why keep waiting for the next opportunity for, for Case to struggle? I mean, it could happen again. It might not. But I mean, re- in realistically, it will probably happen here at some point in the second half, which is why I think the perfect scenario is if he struggles this week, albeit, you know, if he gets hurt, if he struggles, Washington's a tough place to play. And, you know, they go back to playing on grass there. So, I mean, I don't, you know, it's a good situation in terms of wanting to see how the knee reacts to, like, you know, game speed. That's one thing. Um, I, I, I think that that's what you have to do.
0: Yeah, the, I don't know if there is a perfect field situation because Dalvin Cook ripped up his ACL, mm-hmm. and uh, Adrian Peterson got hurt at US Bank Stadium. So on turf. On turf, right? So, I mean, there have been more ACL injuries on
1: turf than grass. I think. I think but, I'm becoming a conspiracy theorist about it. About the turf and grass? I, yeah, I've I really we um, we did a project last week among the 32 NFL Nation reporters of. The last three years of injuries and what conditions it was under, when it happened, did the player come back? And I mean, you take a look at all of the injuries um, that have been sustained outside of Teddy here on grass. Um, Dalvin, Sam and Adrian were all at U.S. Bank Stadium on turf.
0: Well, I mean, Sam is part because his knee was already
1: in yeah pretty. Well, tough we don't shape. really we don't know how bad it was before whatever happened on turf. But no, I'm just I'm slightly joking of being a conspiracy theorist about the turf versus grass. But I do think that if you have to have any sort of circumstance, it is it's a good place to do it because you are you know you are on grass and it will be. I think I just think it will be a better situation. Yeah,
0: I don't know if there's a difference like provable difference or not. I mean, I, I think I heard someone mention that there are more ACL injuries on turf, but that could be just small sample size, randomness, the fact that more teams play on turf. Um, with Washington, you had RG3 with his issue there, but his knee was already in really bad shape and he never should have been playing in the game where he got so severely hurt. Uh, RG3, I guess, is the example that people would go to of a quarterback who was able to come back but was never really the same Also, Dante Culpepper had the same issue where in Minnesota he has the severe knee injury. He does come back and play with the Lions and with the Dolphins, but he was really bad in those two situations. Uh, How do you see it playing out with Bridgewater coming back? How much patience will we have to have with him? How will we know how many number of weeks does he have to play? It seems to me that there are just a million different factors here in even trying to evaluate him coming back to how do you know when is to just be patient with rust and what could be a serious problem?
1: I think that you have to be patient. It might not be this season that you see him, you know, there's eight games left in the regular season. I don't know if that's a big enough timetable to say, Hey, this dude's back to his 2015 pro bowl self. I just, that was an accumulation of the first two years here where he led the league in his first two years of any player in their first two years in completion percentage. And, um, you know, that's he's a different he was a different player back then, I think, than he will be now because you're gonna be you know, one thing I, I think that, you know, we talk about the mental hurdles. Third and long, that could potentially be a situation where, you know, against the pass rush where he's not prepared just yet. I mean, you can't simulate that fully in practice. You're never gonna be able to do it how it feels in a game. So that's those are the type of scenarios where he's really having to test that knee that I think you have to be as patient as possible, give him, you know, the benefit of the doubt that he's still working through trying to get back to where he when he, when he because he's going to be thinking about that knee every day. He's going to be thinking about that knee a lot when he's out there and you have to factor that in to maybe, you know, why plays aren't won't, why plays break down? Why things happen the way they do? Um, you can't just. I mean, it's it's common sense, but you can't go back out there. You know, if he starts, you know, if it's as you said, you know, if it's two three weeks away from his first start, expecting him to you know be that 2015 quarterback that led them to the playoffs.
0: Yeah, it's a very tough situation with that because you need to win on Thanksgiving Day, for example. Yeah. Because Detroit, I think, is coming. With their schedule, I've mentioned it before, but I've never seen a team for a whole half a season have an easier schedule than what Detroit has down the stretch. Oh, my
1: God, yeah. Like... Outside,
0: outside of playing the Vikings. It's the only game that they have that they shouldn't win going away. So even if they have a clunker against one team, you're still looking at them probably going 6-2 and two or at very worst 5-3 and three the rest of the way. So you need to hold them off, but yet you need to give Teddy time. Ted Schirmer's offense, though, I think sets up for an easier situation than what Teddy Bridgewater had before. Uh, When I watch 2015 game tape from Bridgewater, what I see a lot is play actions Mm -hmm. where he would turn around after play action fake, and there is someone in his face, and he's forced to shuffle. He's forced to move. He's forced to adjust very quickly. I don't think that it works the same way with the Pat Shermer offense I think that the play actions are a lot more controlled to rolling to one side of the field or the other to find an easy option a high percentage completion throw and That will help Bridgewater with what he's coming back into just thinking about the fact that case Keenum has put up the numbers He has and they've been able to win and have a good offense I mean behind case Keenum. I I think uh, Pat Trimmer's done an excellent job of setting up almost like a quarterback proof offense that Keenum has been able to thrive in and that will help Bridgewater a lot more than what he had before.
1: And even before that, take a look at how he was able to get the most successful Sam Bradford that Sam Bradford has been after Norv Turner was, after he left last November and installing that system where it was a lot of quick, you know, dink and dunks and, and, you know, trying to get the ball out as quick as you can um, and and utilizing that really methodical, boring, but effective passing game. Um, I think that that's, you know, what, what Teddy said he noticed the biggest difference was from like 2015 offense to now was in that system it's you know it was a down the field they were trying they were trying to utilize that right now he has a pretty successful run game and I think that against this Washington team especially you know just how the way that this defense is played they should be able to go out there and run the ball on the Redskins and that's I mean not saying obviously like if you know if he doesn't play it's still that still should be the game plan with Keenum as a starter but I think that's something that you can rely on too. just you know we're seeing the best of Jared's. Eric McKinnon in his career right now. Latavius Murray has been, you know, a good complement to that the last few weeks. I mean, not obviously as successful as that, you know, the one game that he had. What, who was that Ravens? Yeah against, yeah, against Baltimore, where he had hundred hundred plus yards. Um, but I think that that's going to take a lot of pressure off Teddy too, and not, you know, he he needs to be in a situation now where he doesn't feel like he has to run. Um, I think that them testing that out a little bit you know he's got to be able to step up in the pocket and make a throw Um, because you know that's where my biggest concern would come when you know if if a play collapses and you have no other you know your pocket's gone what is he going to do and that just that just I think that's going to there's going to be a lot of uh, people holding their breath you know if a play like that if something happens and he has to take off and just kind of wondering okay well Let's see see if he can get out of bounds before he gets hit. And that was a part of
0: his value. I mean, (laughs) on third downs sometimes where you'd have a bunch of guys running vertical routes down the field – And it would leave space in the middle where he could at times just take off and run for a first down the majority of his running yards because he's not really a running quarterback. Mm -hmm. And that's the difference between a RG3, for example, is that a major part of RG3's value was his ability to just run. And that was never a huge part of Bridgewater's game. But doing the same things that Case Keenum has done where occasionally there's nothing there or there's a lot of space in the middle of the field and you just take off and get 10 yards... Can Bridgewater actually do that again? How quick is he going to be? I mean, we don't really know any of those things, and they will all be difference makers to how well he plays. And but I think
1: well, with the way Pat has uh, allowed for some of those plays for Case, like, you know, working around his mobility, I, I do think it's a fair thing to say that Teddy Bridgewater, you know, even at his healthiest, is a more mobile quarterback than Case Keenum. I think that's a fair assessment. Um is he there right now? That's the only thing that we don't know because we haven't seen him play. Um, But you hope that, you know, if, if eventually maybe some of those can be designed in a little bit, I don't know how long that takes. Uh, You know, if it's, you have to experience, you know, just on the fly improvising to know what he's going to be able to do. Um, but I, I would I would like to see I mean, I know that he yeah, you're right, he's not a running quarterback. He's able to step up and he he knows his pocket presence is what's going to take him and this team to wins. did before, um, and what the plays that he was able to make out of that. But I'm curious to see where his mobility's at, you know, and just how they're going to be able to test that because I think those are scenarios you can't plan for.
0: Uh, before I switch over to the game that is being played, mm-hmm. you, I mean, you would think that there wasn't one with how much we've talked about Teddy Bridgewater. Or you
1: think he should? we've just automatically like, guaranteed that he's going to play at some point yeah, this week.
0: right. I mean, you still can't even really guarantee that he's going to play at all. Yeah, exactly.
1: But... I mean, he's going to suit up. That's the first, like, we need to slow our roll on this. That's the first thing. He's going to... Be in a uniform, be in a game day environment, um, not to say I mean, he 's obviously been at u s bank Stadium while you know and he 's traveled with the team, but this is important like this just getting back in the mental mindset of game day as a player, not a spectator is a big thing.
0: anything else that stuck out to you from uh, bridgewater 's conversation with the media for me, uh, I feel like everyone around here has sort of heard him talk before and you're always blown away by him. Yeah. I mean, there's no way to not be impressed.
1: Teddy when, 2020. Yeah, I'll vote for him. When, uh, yeah,
0: uh, I think I have uh, Steve Kerr and Greg Popovich is uh, my getting my vote at the moment.
1: Here's what you may have missed on a recent Scoop podcast with Doogie. We will see Teddy Bridgewater at some point take snaps. The Vikings still think the world of Teddy. Mike Zimmer thinks the world of Teddy. The Vikings have to make a determination. If Teddy is worthy of being the 2018 starting quarterback, I mean, sometimes we forget all three of these quarterbacks are free agents come March. So
0: who is back? Do they go for an outsider? Do they re-sign one of the guys? I mean, I think right now my money would be on Teddy Bridgewater being this team's quarterback in 2018. But there's still some unknown
1: there, even though he looks good in practice. You know, how will everything translate to game situations when guys start diving at his legs, diving at his knees, how will he respond. You can find the Scoop podcast on the 1500espn.com podcast page or on iTunes or really wherever you get your podcasts. Last year like I looked at my Time Hop app cuz today was a year after the a year and a day after the election and I was interviewing Derek Carr about it, and he had this like unbelievably like polit- like just Spot on answer about you know Donald Trump and you know the the election and all that. And I remember people were like starting this whole like uh, Latavius Murray and Derek Carr for president in twenty twenty. So maybe Latavius and Teddy will run. Uh,
0: Latavius and Teddy would be a pretty smart conversation. Um, what what stuck out to me was just him talking about answering everyone's text who had sent him messages and things like that. How after he got hurt, it took him three months, but he made sure that he answered everybody's text. He had 800
1: text messages. Doesn't your phone like explode at some point? The same
0: number of tweets we get after each Purple Podcast. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, I think that probably took him quite a while, especially with rehabbing. But that he made a point to do that and that he was motivated by the people who believed in him, um, which is just, you know, typical sort of, the way Teddy talks. So that stuck out to me. Anything else for you?
1: That was one of them. Um, I think, you know, I wanted to ask him about the Zach Miller injury, but he had already been asked two other questions about how are you helping Dalvin rehab? How are you helping Deshaun Watson? Like, let's not go through every catastrophic injury in the NFL and be like, okay, let's, let's take the temperature with Teddy and see how he's handled this. But um, I do think it is last Thursday or last, yeah, was it Thursday or Friday that Deshaun Watson in practice – um, I think it was last Thursday. He went down, and um, Teddy sent some tweets out, kind of uh, you know back to back to back. And they, I think they knew each other from something beforehand. But it just hits harder when someone who's gone through it weighs in. I mean, of course, anybody can send prayers and thoughts. Um, you know, uh, I was watching the Celtics Lakers game yesterday, and they did a piece on Gordon Hayward, and Bob uh, just you know, a big part of it was all the thoughts he got and tweets he got from former from other players out there in the league but for someone who's gone through it for someone who knows exactly what this road is and I'm not saying Deshaun knows what this road is because he went through the similar injury I same injury I believe at Clemson um that to me just shows character and it shows you know I, I mean this dude's not gonna lose and Teddy that is because I mean he's gone through this he's he's the hard part honestly is over the hardest part of this is getting back to where you're even able to play in a game, even able to be considered to play in a game. Um, he knows that he has insight on that that you and I don't have, that I, nobody else interviewing him has. So uh, I think that that was my biggest takeaway of just, you know, the personal aspect of this that, you know, he, you know he, he's gone through a lot. And I think he's using his story and his struggle, um, you know, of going back not every day was perfect to inspire others who are now going through it.
0: You know, the, the mental mindset part of it I, Is not even a conversation with him Where I think with a lot of people it might be like mm-hmm. How they were going to come back Whether they would be confident in themselves uh, Whether they would be able to handle the, the pressure Of coming back and things like that But with him he's just been through so many different things During his career uh, There was one game at Louisville where he came off the bench With a broken wrist And a sprained ankle And basically just stood in the pocket Caught, caught the snap from the shotgun and threw the ball And led them to a win and so, like he's been through that, his mother recovering from cancer, or mm-hmm. beating cancer. I mean, he's just had a lot of things throughout the way that have uh, that he's overcome. He's so been don't...
1: honest about it too. Mm-hmm. Like the thing today that you know it's a good quote. Like he said, uh, you know, the hardest part for him was when he felt like he, even though he felt like he was healthy enough, when he still couldn't. He wasn't cleared for practice yet uh, because you know his pup window had. You know, wasn't there yet? Probably. Um, you know, it felt like everybody's going to PE class and you're going to detention. And then he's like, you know, really. Yeah, he's not saying his rehab was detention, but you get what he's saying. Um, that's tough. I mean, he's been honest about this. hasn't been This is not a cakewalk. Yes, he's a positive, positive person. Yes, he's, you know, able to, you know, mind over matter this. But it still sucks. The whole thing sucks. The whole process has been awful, Mm -hmm. but he's, you know, he's been, I think that that's what's going to really affect people in years to come when he uses his story, like when he's, you know, he's still, you know, currently he's doing it. He went back to Miami last week. He talks to kids. But when he decides he wants to be a motivational speaker and being able to use this, and, you know, who knows, maybe he wins a Super Bowl in his career and can kind of add that to, you know, the life after. I think that would be really cool. I
0: I think there are probably some people who don't pay as close of attention who always sort of wonder why does everyone buy into Teddy, and I, I think that that's a big part of it. And Mm -hmm. I I would also say this about the situation before we move on to Washington. It's just the backup quarterback that they decided to get in Case Keenum has been perfect for this situation. (laughs) It's not a guy who ever believed he was going to take the job and be the franchise quarterback that you have the perfect guy in Case Keenum to handle this from his personality standpoint that he is not going to – Feel like he's taking the locker room, or he's going to split the locker room, or whatever they decide to do, he's going to roll with that as opposed to making it about himself and trying to take center stage. I think there are some guys who might have done that. Uh, maybe it's just because he's an undrafted backup quarterback or has been through this many times before. Um, and so he's unfazed by things being in flux. But that's, I think that's a major positive for this situation is even if they bench Keenum and then he has to come back in if Bridgewater isn't ready, he can do that. Yeah. He's already shown that with what happened uh, in Chicago. So anyway, they are playing another football team. That would be Washington.
1: God, doesn't it feel like it's been two weeks? It
0: really feels like it's been two whole weeks since we have uh, seen a National Football League game from this team. Did you, uh, did you enjoy your bye week?
1: I did. I went to Boston, and it was considerably warmer than it is here, and I'd never been there. It was nice.
0: I just watched football, surprisingly. Good for you. Yeah, I'm sure that stuns you that that was my plan for that day. And one of the teams that I watched huh, was Washington beat Seattle on the back of one Blair Walsh. Maybe you've heard of um, a famous wide left of his. <laughs> well, he had several against Washington, opening the door for a game-winning drive from Kirk Cousins they are 4-4 four and four in the playoff race. Uh, how good do you think the Washington football team is at the football?
1: Man, I just that division is really – outside of the Giants, that division is very good. Um, and they kind of almost – I don't know. I think – I was thinking about this this morning with who they remind me of. And, you know, it's I'm not comparing the two completely, but it's kind of the way that the Saints – You know, the Saints opened up their season 0-2. And, and, you know, Washington had a tough – I mean, they lost to Philadelphia. You know, they've had a tough stretch of games. And they have the hardest schedule from here on out of any team. I think Pro Football Reference had them at, like, a 4.9. And everybody else is around, like, the 2.6, something like that's, like, the next highest. Um, So, I mean, they've they've had a lot of injuries. They've had a really tough stretch of games. um, But I still kind of think that – I think they're a really good team. Any team that goes to Seattle and wins a game – you know, I think that's a good football team. Even if you
0: have some good kicker luck on the other side? Yes. yes. And, well, winning a game well, TJ Clemmings is your left tackle is a huge accomplishment. And that, to me, the injuries are the biggest factor going into this game. Because last year, Washington beat the Vikings there in Washington. And they had a really good day offensively, which you wouldn't necessarily expect against this Vikings defense, but they were able to work the ball around, hit on a couple of big plays. Vernon Davis had a big touchdown uh, reception on a really sort of trickery, complex play uh, where he got wide open and behind the defense, and... Uh, I think they still have a lot of those same pieces. Mm-hmm. They don't have much of a running game, but they have a lot of those same pieces. They work Chris Thompson out of the backfield. They've got Jameson Crowder as the underneath sort of slot guy. So they've got dangerous weapons all over, but you've got the injury report I there do. in front of you. Uh, what could we be looking at? Because I think that that will be the factor between are you playing a really strong Washington offense especially, or are you playing a mediocre team here?
1: Well, it's going to depend. Do they have a wide receiver? you know, is, is Jamison Crowder going to be back? I mean, he was limited. What does it say here? He's limited with a hamstring in practice, uh, this week. I mean, when you're running back you your tight end or you're leading pass catchers, I mean, the depth that they have there, I think is a big concern. Um, you know, going, going into this game to me, that's where I would look to, you know, to, to see, you know, strength to really determine the strength of this game. And, um, you know who? Who I think the Vikings still have the upper hand in it, um, but yeah, I uh, I don't know if uh, what's his name. So who else um, do they have? There, I don't think uh, Josh Doxson's gonna. You know, they, or, do you put Rhodes on Doxson? Probably. I would. I mean, I don't depends. know if he's gonna have more than like forty nine yards though. So.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, see what makes them tough. What, what's Jordan Reed's status at this moment?
1: At this moment, let's take a look at the.
0: 'Cause it was a long injury report that they sent out. There yeah, were a he, lot of he, names he, on that thing. He
1: is limited as well. He has a hamstring injury. I mean so
0: that's the thing is Jordan like 12 Reed 12 is probably on here. he's probably their best weapon. Mm-hmm. So they've got their all pro left tackle, their best offensive weapon, one of their better wide receivers. These guys are all a question mark for this game. So that's gonna be the major difference maker. Although Terrell the,
1: Pryor is not a question mark for this game. Is he
0: gonna play? I think so. But he's been a big disappointment there. I mean,
1: yeah, I, that's I, what I—that's what I mean. I mean, he's the only one, honestly, of like the bigger name like playmakers that is not on this uh, Redskins injury report from Wednesday.
0: I expected a lot more from him going there because of his breakout season as a wide receiver with Cleveland. But I mean, he's just another one of their weapons that they have when healthy that can be really dangerous. The matchup that I was really looking forward to was T.J. Clemmings against Everson Griffin. And now I'm not sure that that's going to happen with Griffin status.
1: Yeah, when I mean, we saw him on Thursday in practice, he was not practicing, which was his second straight day of doing that. Um, don't know what's up with the foot. I mean, he that's going to if he does not play this weekend, he's going to have to talk about it, and we're going to need to get a little bit more than just you know I'm fine, which is what he said in London after you know he. As I told you earlier, like I mean, he—I didn't—I almost missed the play that he got injured on because he just, you know, sat down and ripped his sock and shoe off um, at the end of the game. And the, the TV—I believe it was no NFL Network—the cameras caught it, and um, that was a little concerning. But he says he's fine. I mean, it's been two weeks. So you just wonder what what exactly that is with the foot. You know, I think nine straight. Looking for this would be NFL history if he starts the season with. Nine sacks in nine straight games. Make sure I had that right. A sack. A in sack. Each one of those. Games. <laughs> A yes. sack. So it'd be nine. Nine games. Nine A games sack. straight. Yes. But starting the season with right. nine games. Okay. And yeah. sometimes more it. than one sack. Yes. In those games. Um. That to me, I think is gonna. Yeah, that's a matchup I would have liked to see too.
0: But if he's not in, I think this is, can still be a very effective pass rush. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Brian Robinson could come in, or maybe we would even see Tashawn Bauer for the first time. He was very mm-hmm. impressive uh, in the preseason. They've got lots of different options, but he's been. If you were going to name the centerpieces of the or the defense, the MVPs of the defense, Harrison Smith, Linval Joseph, and then Everson Griffin mm-hmm. is right there. It's kind of a three-way tie. And if you're going to stop an offense that can be very explosive when healthy, I think you need to be in the backfield. You need to be hitting Kirk Cousins as often as possible, which leads me to my next question for you, which is where do you rank Kirk Cousins among NFL quarterbacks? Let's say they're all healthy. Not everyone's hurt. Top 15.
1: 15? Made top 10 maybe. Okay. I mean, he, he is the biggest name that we're going to be talking about at free agency going to get him I mean what he's doing right now and if if you know by the grace of whatever he can lead this team to the playoffs he's going to be cashing in on a very big payday uh come very soon but you know I think if he's averaging what like 280 260 280 yards passing I think the Vikings could feasibly just with the way that the secondary's been playing and the way I mean coupled with that pass rush I think they could hold him to about 200 I really do depending because, on
0: whatever the circumstances of are the rest right.
1: of his weapons too i mean is he going to i mean are they just going to have to rely on the run are you just gonna like make like Chris Thompson like is he just the center the focal point of their offense this week? I hope not.
0: And the Vikings have done a great job at slowing down opposing running backs. Mm-hmm. They have faced a number of them who are good out of the backfield. Le'Veon Bell did not have a big day. Uh, Duke Johnson last week did not have a big day against them. So they've been good in that area.
1: That's the top three run stopping defenses in in the NFL for a reason. So they're not I mean, going to be
0: able to rely on the run. It's going to have to be really Cousins versus the Vikings defense I or think. Chris
1: Thompson as a wide receiver, right? Because he's kind of both. I yeah, mean, he'll, he he'll absolutely. He's leading them in receiving right, right. now. Uh,
0: with him, I am still sort of undecided. And I know that he's had, I guess, down enough starting experience where we should have a clear-cut opinion on what Kirk Cousins is. But when I watch their offense, I think that Jay Gruden has done an incredible job there. And I think that they've built up with their front office this deep group of weapons who he can go to at any time, guys who get open all the time. Uh, Even if you're on your second or third wide receiver or if you're on your second tight end or running backs out of the backfield They've got guys coming from everywhere and when Trent Williams is in they have one of the best offensive lines in the league Put all that together and you have a quarterback who puts up pretty big numbers But hasn't really put them over the top as one of the great teams in the league I guess I want to call Kirk Cousins a system quarterback with like that is kind of a compliment like, he executes what he's asked to execute, but I don't think he has that next level that some of the best quarterbacks have. So I, I like the top 15 top designation. 50.
1: Maybe, like, top 12. I, I won't go as low as 10. I'll say anywhere from, like, 12 to 15. Because, I mean, when you think about your, your top five set, and then anywhere from, like, five, I mean, as as we know, um, and, and why it's been such a big big topic of the last two days with Sam Bradford, teams are, sh- like, Just, you know, what's the word I'm looking for here? Like, in dire need of having a reliable starting quarterback. They're so few and far between. I think Cousins can be that guy. I really do. Um, You know, I think where he's at in his career, he's had a lot of ups and downs. There's never just been, like, a consistent thing that you're like, that's what Kirk Cousins is good at. Um, So that's why I I do think that you're not far off, though, in saying he's a system guy for that reason.
0: If Teddy Bridgewater doesn't come back – to anywhere close to what he was, is does Kirk Cousins go to the top of the list of guys that they should be looking at for next year? Looking
1: at yes, I don't know whether that's going to be a reality. Um, I think that he wants to be in a situation where you know he's obviously going to make top dollar. I don't, I, I, I don't, I don't think there's any denying that even if they do finish seven and nine, you know, and miss the playoffs, if he makes the playoffs that it only goes up from there. I think he's a $20 million a year quarterback after this year, regardless. Thought it was going to be to the 49ers until the Jimmy Garoppolo stuff. But now it looks like, I mean, there's a lot of quarterback-hungry teams out there that are not looking for the one-year deals of, you know, the Jay Cutlers. Um, and they're not the Browns that want to bring somebody in to compete. I mean, this is your dude. This is this is your potential franchise player going forward from from where he, where he's at. He's 29 years old. Similar situation to where Bradford was at. You know, those when they reach 30 and you have a quarterback that's like, as good as the Drew Brees, as the Tom, I mean, Tom Brady's in his own class. But, like, those type of guys, they become so valuable. And I think he's on the cusp of that. I just don't know what more we need to see um, to, to tilt him the other way. But, yeah, I think the Vikings could potentially look at him. Like, you know, that's probably, like, what's going to go down is one of Rick Spielman's best moves is not giving Bradford that extension before the season started.
0: You do wonder like, if they knew something was up with the knee or not. I feel like you have to because... It's it's hard not to wonder.
1: Either that or you're a genius. And I'm not saying he's not a genius, but I mean, that's... Because
0: otherwise they had no conversations, it seemed like, between Bradford's side and the team. Mm -hmm. They both said they were just waiting, and you wonder if they... Either saw something, or just knowing his history, wanted to see him do it again. But you're right; if they had signed him to a contract extension right now, they would be completely panicking.
1: Or they knew the something more about Teddy that yes, he is going to be able to come back. Yes, right. we want this to be our guy. I, I still think they had more in mind for Bradford than what was that. This wasn't just a short-term fix. And by short-term, you know, two-year term, two-year, three-year term. Um, but it's you know, it's certainly. Certainly brings in what they knew about Teddy, too, because I think that had a lot to do with the decision to not give him that extension and to not pick up Teddy's fifth year option, too. I mean, but that was kind of a given with the injury clause in there and what that would do to an eight figure salary.
0: Maybe now they feel like they should have picked up Teddy's fifth year option. The right. fact that he's back uh, already by week eight but at that at was may like that oh, yeah.
1: maybe yeah. that had something to do with it because that was not even a year since the injury i don't know i think That's it's, it's a safe bet Barely. because if you if i believe it's with the way the injury clause was in his contract he'd be guaranteed yes, 8 correct. million or excuse me an eight figure salary at that point
0: just like how uh, shari floyd this year guaranteed his mm-hmm. 6 point whatever it is yeah. 6.7 and he hasn't stepped on the field, and there's no update, and please don't ask uh, Rick Spielman I will, about will. I it.
1: will make sure I don't ask that question again because I don't want to. But he said thank you for the question, he so did. at least he appreciated the question.
0: I guess he appreciated
1: yeah, the Yeah, totally. Question that's exactly what he was thinking. I <laughs> wasn't
0: sure why he thanked you for asking it, but uh, he had no answer to your question about Shreve Floyd. There's an injury on the Viking side that uh, probably won't get a whole lot of run but could be huge for them, and that's Mike Remmers. Yeah. Um, as well as Rashad Hill played filling in which I thought was okay just coming off the bench Um, it might be a big ask I believe that Washington uses Ryan Kerrigan on that side and he's picked up a lot of sacks over the last couple of years against Rashad Hill I would worry about that matchup uh, with having Remmers out that that could be a difference maker
1: and it's you wonder how serious that concussion is because when he went down within the first five minutes of the game um, it's been two weeks just like with Everson Griffin I mean Unless they're going crazy during their bye week, which obviously he yeah, had an injuries t- tending to it, and he wasn't, we haven't seen him at practice uh, the first two days this week. I do worry about that because of how many issues they had last year at the tackle spots. Riley Reif's been holding down his side. I don't think Mike Remmers gets talked about as much, um, just because I mean you know, it's a different position over there at right tackle, but you know he has been a huge part of you know not allowing Case Keenum you know. Big part of why he's one of the fewest sack quarterbacks in the league. Big reason that, you know, he personally has not given up that many pressures. That is uh, definitely, it's a good point. Definitely something to keep your eye on.
0: Last thing for you, put percentages on the chance that the Vikings win this game. What, what percentage out of 100, obviously, would you be giving the Vikings to
1: win? 64, probably. 64? Yeah.
0: Why 64. <laughs>
1: I mean, I'm not going to go as high. A little over 60-40 chance, you're saying? Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to go as high as, you know, I'm not giving them like a 75% chance of winning. I do have them winning this game. Um, I have them losing, to. I think that the Rams are going to come in here next week on a four-game win streak, Um, and it's the best offense in the NFL right now. But I I just think that given how they came out last year of the bye, I mean, that stuff is, is one thing that you look at. It's fine. I don't know what Washington team we're going to get. Every year, I mean, they beat them last year, same week, same, I think same day almost. Um, they beat them on the road last year because they basically just got, like, out kicked, right? It came down to field goals. But um, I do think that the Vikings are going to go into this game regardless of whether Everson Griffin plays or not. And I made this prediction before the I, we knew the extent of the injury. Um, but I just, you know... I think it's going to be a different set of circumstances this year. I mean, Washington is hurt. They are in the, a lot worse shape right now than the Vikings are.
0: I think that's a difference maker for me too. I would probably go like just uh, to go along the same route as you, more like 58%. Okay, so they're basically I, I, the same. I see them not quite I, – I don't think I'm as quite as confident, but I see them as decidedly the better team. The only thing that I think – I'm, I've been waiting to happen, and it has happened, but they've gotten away with it, is Case Keenum has a bad half, or he gets picked, or whatever happens, can't move the ball because he's a backup quarterback, and then on the other side of the field is a good offense mm-hmm. who will score some points. That even if you hold down Washington's offense, they will still put up 14 points, 17 points, 21 points, something like that. So maybe you get down because of that, and that's the, the scenario that I could see it happening. But if they're that dinged up, um, probably not. So, anyway, you're going to have to... I'm going to go, what I'm what gonna what go what read the
1: history book on the last 20 years of quarterbacks.
0: Well, there's a great team for next the, with the Rams.
1: I'm, I'm pumped.
0: You're going to have to practice.
1: I can't wait until all the storylines next week turn into, you know... Keenum revenge game, obviously. Obviously, because it's about revenge, because he uses vengeance and all of these terms that could turn into something a lot more serious. But yeah, that's going to be fun, talking about Jared Goff and Case Keenum and all of the long history of the St. Louis Rams quarterbacks in the Sam Bradfords. We can go back and just talk about Sam Bradford the whole week.
0: I'll give you a hint already. Sean Hill, the great days of Mm -hmm. Sean Hill, is a St. Louis Ram quarterback. There, There are a lot of connections here, the last couple of Vikings quarterbacks connected to the Rams, so... All right, well, uh, I'm going to also put in uh, Teddy Bridgewater's comments for you to listen to. So, you know, have fun listening to those, and we will talk to you again after Vikings and Washingtons.
2: I'm um, excited uh, to be back out there with the guys. Thank you. Thank you. It's been a long journey. So uh, to be able to get back out there with the guys and um, know that, you know, I'm going to be dressing this week just excited uh, to everyone who played a role in me getting to this point. Uh, thank you all. I'm excited. Now I can focus on football. Um, the hard part is out the way. I'm still going to continue to you know, make improvements and get better health-wise and try to be the best teammate that I can be. I uh, can't wait to get out there Sunday with the guys and get that feeling of coming out of the locker room preparing for a game, preparing to play, things like that. So I'm just excited, um, open for questions. Do you have a biggest concern about uh, the first time you're playing a game? No, no concerns at all. Um, our training staff, our strength and conditioning staff, they've done a great job of preparing me to get to this point. So um, once I get out there, you know, there's no regrets, no holding back. Whatever's meant to happen, happens. I trust God's plan for me, and I'm gonna go with that. Did you ever think that this day would not come? Did you have a lot of self-doubt over 14 months, or did you always believe? No, I never had any doubt. And that's the credit to the people around me. They never once let me get down. Uh, they never counted me out. So um, getting back out there, this is this is not only about me, it's, it's about the people who counted me in. you know, There are a bunch of people who counted me out you know, outside of this building and things like that, but at the end of the day, it's about going out there and competing for these guys in this locker room and all the guys and all the people that counted me in. What, you... Eddie, what are your expectations in terms of potentially being back as the starter? Do is is you hope that will
0: happen fairly soon, or how do you look at that?
2: <clears throat> I'm just going to take it one day at a time. Right now, we're playing some good football, and me coming back you know, I just want to be the best teammate that I can be. Continue to be a leader around here in the locker room and motivate the guys to continue to put their best effort out there each day.
0: Hey, in, in what ways is this offense different than the one that was here the last time we
2: were playing? It's just two different systems. Um, two different coordinators. But the thing is, this offense allowed guys to just make plays. Uh, previous offense, I think, it was a more down-the-field offense, so uh, this offense is a mix of both. So um, I'm excited, excited to be a part of it. I can't wait. Tell you what was it like when we saw you in here when the team was getting ready to practice so long that you just couldn't get out there? and Maybe you thought your body would let you. How hard was that for you as a competitor <laughs> just to have to wait for this day? Yeah, it's always hard um, when the guys are going to work and you have to – go in the opposite direction it's like when all the kids are going to PE and you have to go to detention or something like that it's not saying that well it is detention <laughs> but <laughs> you know um it was hard especially being a competitor and knowing you know how much these guys mean to me you know that I couldn't be out there with those guys um, I kind of didn't like the fact that I couldn't be out there but I couldn't do anything about it but put my head down and continue to work hard so that eventually that day would come that I was out there with those guys.
1: Mm -hmm. Did you do much in the way of virtual reality? Any of the stuff when you were away before you came back to practice with the headset to kind of simulate the game action that you could see potentially pretty soon?
2: Yeah, I would definitely still reps uh, with the virtual reality that we do around here and um, especially when I wasn't practicing. So I would go in and watch Wednesday's practice, Thursday's practice and Friday's practice and you know, still virtual reps, and, and uh, it helped.
1: Did you use that headset thing that a lot of quarterbacks use? Yes,
2: use the headset.
1: Teddy, when With, do you allow yourself to look back? Is it after you make a start again, after you play again? Have you already started it? When do you allow yourself to look back and see how far you can?
2: That's a tough one. Um, I try not to focus on the past, but just continue to just focus on the things that I can control. So the things that I can control is – the effort i put forth each day and i always tell myself i can't come home or i can't lay down to go to sleep without maximizing each day so whether it's uh, mentally preparing myself uh, physically preparing myself uh, just doing everything that i can do to be the best version of Tate that i can be and not looking back at you know what i've been through uh, that's my mindset you said you've
0: been back on the practice field in the last few weeks here. What has it been like to, to kind of look at that spot on the field where <clears throat> you went down? I and mean, had any thoughts about that as you've stepped into that part of the field? No, I haven't.
2: Like I said, once I get out there in between those lines, I have no regrets, no doubt. I'm just out there and living my dream, continuing to live my dream. There is a chance, there is a time where, you know, the dream – may have ended or you know, died but the dream still alive so I'm excited I, I pay no attention to the spot I pay no attention to the action uh, the play action um, that I did that day just hey give it my all like I said if it's part of God's plan I'm all for it have okay, you know, working to get over a bunch of
0: benchmarks physically along the way uh, what have you done what can you do to get over those mental hurdles that may still be there
2: uh, I honestly think I'm over yeah. like I said i uh, I think I'm a, a mentally strong guy and the guys in this locker room help reassure that. So and then you look at our head coach, one of the toughest guys I've ever met. So having that to look look towards as motivation and things like that just plays a role in my everyday life. Teddy with 3.
1: Teddy, Teddy. Teddy. Um, and you've also <laughs> talked about your teammates. Just what has it been like seeing their excitement level and their support as well when you've
2: gotten back out on the field? It's been amazing. Um, this locker room, especially. We have a great group of guys here, have a bunch of leaders. So, um, to be out there with those guys and see their reactions, you know, just continue to just add fuel to my fire and gave me some excitement. Teddy, with three weeks under your belt of practice, how
0: much confidence do you have now in your mobility and being able to evade the pass rush?
2: I have a ton of confidence. Um, throughout this entire process, we did drills and simulated different movements that prepare me for game-like situations. And, you know, it's not the actual game, but I um, had some great work throughout this entire process, and I'm very com- comfortable you- and comf- comfortable. Did
0: mm-hmm. you
2: get in contact with Deshaun? Watson? <clears throat> yeah, I, I tweeted him. I didn't want to call him yet because I went through a knee injury last year and had about 800 text messages that I had to respond to. So, um my tweet, you know, it was, I think it was head on and 100% accurate. You know, he's, he comes from a background where he's had to overcome obstacles his entire life. So, um, you know, nothing ever came easy. And um, I know that he's going to attack his rehab full speed. I know he has a great support team around him. who's going to continue to motivate him also. And uh, I'm pretty sure sometime this week, I'll make sure I reach out to him and him my best and my prayers. You, have you have you counseled a- Delvin Cook a little bit? Is he doing his injury? Do you guys sit by each other here, and you guys have kind of developed your own relationship. Yeah, uh, Dalvin, he lives in the neighborhood. This right here, this oh, called goodness. the neighborhood, and um, Dalvin's a great guy. Uh, he has a, he has the right mindset um, as far as attacking his therapy, and having gone through a knee injury last year, uh, he can lean on me, and I give him different advice, and uh, I know what it takes. You know, with Having someone around who keeps you lifted, so I try to be that guy for Dalvin, and plus the other guys in this locker room also try to be that guy for him. Help be someone around the facility.
1: Some of your teammates think you're stronger than some of your passes have been worth. Would that be a fair enough assessment
2: to say for yourself? Or? Yeah, I think I'm stronger. Um, I had nothing but time to lift weights and get stronger. My upper body, my lower body. So, um, the ball is definitely coming out of my hand with much more zip.
0: Teddy, when was the last time you went
2: into a game uh, not preparing to be the starter? I think my rookie year. So, um, Case is starting this week, and uh, um, the guys are going to be behind him. I'm going to be behind him. going to continue to be those, those second pair of eyes for him on the sideline and you know, continue to motivate him and, and cheer the guys on. What's now that you're be- back on the active roster, Did you have a specific target date at any point on when you were hoping to be activated? Honestly, I just wanted to be activated. Mm -hmm. Um, Just wanted to get a chance to get out there and compete with the guys. Um, It's been a long, I think, 14 months or something like that. So uh, just being activated, knowing that I will be suiting up, coming out of that locker room, and getting that rush, that adrenaline going through my blood and my body. No, it's a great feeling. Do you know you'll be the second quarterback as opposed to the third? Do you know, with the, how they do things. Um, I don't, but um, going go to de- go into this game. Going to go into this game, and like I said, Case is the guy, so I'm going to stand behind Case, root these guys on. Are you
1: kind of guy that wrote down the goals, like check it off, like do this, do this, get reactivated, that kind of thing? Physically write them down and, and go through the process, or is it all just up here that you knew you wanted to get back?
2: um it's a mixture of both um try to set goals and um, try to set everyday goals and those everyday goals lead up to the big goals which was getting activated and things like that so every day I have a plan and um, try to come up with a way to
0: execute that plan hey the time that you've spent around here what has that done for you <coughs> kind of getting used to a new offense that you've been doing your rehab here in been
2: it's been great um, being able to get understand uh, the the philosophy and, and what's being asked around here. Uh, it's been great to be around here and be a part of it. How has this there process any change. changed you as a person, yeah. as a player? Um, like I said, back in the spring or in the summer, it just made me more appreciative to uh, the smaller things in life. I mentioned in the summer that there was a time where I couldn't even put my pants on by myself, or couldn't even walk. And to be able to stand right here, do an interview, or to be able to practice later today, you know, that makes you appreciate this moment.
0: Is there any hope, Teddy, in maybe trying to get you in in a less pressure type of a game, or are you ready to go in even if it's like the last drive and game's tied, and case goes down or
2: something? You know, we're just gonna go with the flow. Uh, of how the game goes. Um, if I'm asked to go in, you know, I'll go in, won't have any hesitation. Go out there, give it my all. But um, you know, you always hope for the best, and, and I wish and I hope that you know we can just go out there and handle our business oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and continue to play biking football. A couple more for Teddy. Is
1: there any player on the league <clears> that you
2: <has throat> reach out to you that surprised you? Or you, should, you, should you Not really. Um I leaned on uh, my community back home in Miami. Um, surprisingly, I would lean on the younger kids, and uh, they would motivate me. You know, there was a time I would be home, and you know, I would say something to a kid, and and the kid would say, "Hey, you know, you hurt. You can't talk to me." So, like hearing that, it motivates you in a different way because you know it's like, "Hey, this kid looks up to me. So, if I'm not out there, then..." You know, who is he going to look up to? So I have to do what I have to do to get myself ready to go play, ready to get back out there and give these guys, these kids, some more motivation. Teddy,
0: when you, you got all those texts after you got hurt, did you respond to everyone?
2: Yeah, it took me like three months to respond to all the text messages, but uh, I made it my business to respond to every single text message. Uh, Thanks, Teddy. Thanks, Teddy.